0: Okay. It
1: happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter,
2: one man Merely
3: Nearly a two-word review, it just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up. That right like, there that is a lot, lot of Welcome back to the Basement Old Music Club, you are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we are so excited to have you down here yet again for hanging out with us, choosing to spend a little time with us in your ears and in your brain. And uh, we're going to reward you with a pretty fun podcast today, talking about an artist that we know and love, and you should too, if you don't know already, talking about Casey Musgraves. Uh, she is, over the course of a short career, has proven herself to be... Uh, One of the best, if not the best, uh, singer and songwriters out of Nashville today. Um, She has the follow-up to her album from a couple years ago, Pageant Material Now. It's called Golden Hour. Uh, It is being hyped endlessly in the press. uh, And, you know, because that's how these things go. And so we assembled the country panel to uh, try and get to the bottom of it. You know, come at it as fans and be like, okay, is this really... The album that's going to save the universe. Is this really uh, the best work of her career? And uh, and it's a, it's a it's a lively and and hilarious discussion. Uh, joining us is going to be Marcus Dowling, Eduardo is down here too. Also Carrie, who has been here for a while, but uh, she was able to make it out, uh, and it was great. It was a whole lot of fun and uh, listened to a, a whole lot of a great album. So that's what we're doing. And if you stick around till after that. I'm going to play a little jazz from right here in DC. Nicole Sapphos is a bass player and a composer, um, but also uh, she has a new album out that is is on our friend Sarah Curtin's record label, Local Woman Records. Something she started up a few years ago, and uh, which is rad. So we can tell you a little bit more about that on the back end, and then uh, and then we're going to get out of here. So if you're ready, you blocked off your time, uh, you got your beverage, you get your friend, you're in the right headspace. Uh, let's head on down to the basement, uh, join my friends. Already in conversation about Casey Musgrave's new album Golden Allen's
4: always always that's play.
3: Always that's play. Um well <laughs> Uh, no, we're, we're we're gonna talk about country. We are gonna ask a black dude. We're gonna ask you, Mr. Dowling, how you yes, doing, sir? I am quite well uh, down here. Uh, I'm Vivian, black. you got any hot takes? Uh, not yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, basically policing your performance today and like like seeing him step in and like sort of shape Vivian. I,
4: I know. That's what, that's what she's here for. I understand. It's right. friendly.
3: It's good. I think it's I funny know. that you
5: had to appoint a monitor
3: for market. Uh, <laughs> well, sometimes. The wild guy. You know, uh, this was... I did not expect what we we're going to be talking about today to actually get heated. But apparently, as I discovered in G-Chat today, Casey Musgraves is a is a really hotbed. Uh, it, it's hotter than Benghazi. It's hotter than... <laughs> wow. She is a lightning rod of the controversy. the has got nothing on this, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, We have the Country Crew plus Carrie... Uh, which is nice.
5: Why am I a plus in the country because the I should be crew part of
3: the country crew. But you never the Three for of us have yeah. covered country in the have done We've done no shit
0: 20
5: country albums together. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> quite,
0: quite
1: literally.
5: This is your
0: first one. So
5: that's exactly like... what I would think <laughs> of when I think of uh, the country crew, it would be the three of you. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's why it works. It's what it immediately brings to mind. It takes <laughs> them by surprise, makes them realize, and then it's like, <laughs> it's all good. Um, no, we're talking about Casey Musgraves. It's a 29 uh, year old singer-songwriter, uh, originally from Golden, Texas, that's where she was born, uh, and um, made her debut in 2013, same trailer, different park. Uh, the song Merry-Go-Round, to my mind, it, uh, it it was a defining statement of what kind of artist she's going to be, and it, it has become Maybe, uh, but also I think it's one of the best songs written about the South period. I've said that many times on this podcast. I think it is appropriately mean, like every damn Southerner I know. Uh it is it is fucking and I'm a southerner, so I can say that. Uh you agree? Disagree, Carrie?
5: I agree and it's uh it also has like a poignant, nostalgic, heartbreaking yeah. sense of just woe and yeah. hopelessness that yeah. Is every small town in the South that I've ever spent any time in.
3: There was a lot of comedy on that album. A lot of talk about We Did which we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, She doubled down on that in some ways on 2015's Pageant Material, which is the best country album of the past two decades.
4: (laughs) (laughs) By by a great large Did did, did, either of
3: you have it as
0: number one on your list for the year? I did. You had it as number one on your list for 15. Yeah, Yeah. Time Machine. I'll go back and do it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said you put it on your list. I didn't know it was number one. And I was too lazy
3: to fact check you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but on that album, and, and to be fair, it took me like a uh, listen and a half to come around to it. So yeah, so right. and, and and so and so true true to the might tradition. might be a little bit slower. I don't true, know. True, true to the tradition of
0: this basement, <laughs> the <laughs> fact that I generally like the album and think it's good yeah. means I'm somehow the enemy. That's, yes. that's, that's not enough because there's a <laughs> little <laughs> bit of daylight. We, we are we are all Democrats
3: down here. Are you we are not?
5: either <laughs> you are either a zealot or you are dead to us. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, but anyway, so double down on a lot of that. Uh, it is, uh, it, it it's it's that song. Merry Go Round put in album form. I, I think the humor. I know Carrie. It holds a special place in your heart. It's. A, I mean, I've listened to it every day for the past uh, month. Uh, this because I got it on vinyl, and I was like, oh, "Well, the, we knew we were talking about the album. I'm going to get it on mm-hmm. vinyl." Uh, it's one of the few perfect country albums I can think of in the past few years. Um, Do you mean
5: pageant material? Or are you talking about same? Tr-
3: okay, pageant material. Um, she did a. uh, Christmas album in 2016 we should not we should not talk about that one (laughs) well uh, a lot of people do and you're right. We shouldn't. Yeah. my friend,
0: My friend. Shout out to my friend Jordan, who genuinely loves it. Does it Jew, Jew, who genuinely loves Christmas music. And uh, he loves that album to death. <laughs> so he thinks, he's like, I so don't want to hear. She's hit he a niche market. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know any other Casey Musgraves songs.
3: <laughs> like, all he knows is her Christmas album. <laughs> and he loves it. So, so uh, needless to say, at least in this basement, uh, but really worldwide, the anticipation was high for how she was going to follow all this up. Uh, which gets us to this album right now, uh, Golden Hour. Uh, I think it's a little cliche to say that she's she's growing up on this, that it seems to be part of the narrative that's going on about this. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a more personal look than we've ever seen her do, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, more directly related. Apparently it's due to her relationship with her new husband. Uh, she said she wrote a lot of songs about this, a lot of songs about acid or on acid. Uh, it, is, it is it is also one of her least Nashville albums to date, mm-hmm. uh, or her most uh, least Nashville album to date. Um, we're going to talk about all about that in a minute, but I want to kick it off by by the this is the hit on the album, and we're we're just gonna we we'll kick it off. And this I, I think this song and only this song ties it to her other material. Yeah. Uh, here's a little bit of space
1: you
3: Comma, cowboy. <laughs> um, I, we all had the same reaction this first time I, I went knowing that, like, she had uh, graduated from weed to acid. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is going to be far out. This I was
5: be- expecting a lot more lasers.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, that,
4: that's, that's missing, like, the
3: Dreamweaver. Pew! Yes, it is. It is missing that. What uh, <laughs> are. We don't know what rock lasers are. What are country lasers? Same thing. It's the same thing. It's <laughs> just, just a twang. slide same... guitar. They oh, yes. <laughs> the jangle a little the bit. Slide I guitar. Think. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know that is the type of songwriter she is. Uh, this is the most natural song on this album. This is uh, this is a bona fide hit. You can't. I mean, it covers all the bases of every country song except running over your fucking dog. And maybe that's in an alternate version. Unclear, yeah. I mean, yeah, un- unclear. There's a horse that has to, The Silverado <laughs> might hit it later. It's, 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 all it's, know. it's
4: riding on an astral plane, <laughs> man. Uh,
3: from here, though, the album uh, actually goes a lot of interesting places. And uh, that's that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, because I think it covers the gamut. I know, Dallin, you think it's a crossover album. Yeah, I, complete we crossover. We can talk about that. But I also think it it is... It's on brand for Musgraves, but also brings into is like if what she's doing right now is actually even country. So uh, who wants who wants to dive in first here? Oh, I, okay. I have something to oh, talk just whoa. on
5: on Space Cowboy. Like cool. the the metrics on that song stand out from the rest of the album. And one of the things that kind of disappointed me about the album overall, the first time I heard it, is it it does not have that biting sarcasm yeah. and that insanely quick wit that. She had in the first album that I thought pageant material really made much more nuanced and kind of graduated to a different layer of just sharp, biting wit. And the lyrics on pageant material are, in addition to the songs being fantastic, are what makes it, in my mind, one of the best country albums, if not the best country album in the last two, two, three decades. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but this song like on space uh, cowboy. <laughs> sorry, just that's exhaling. that. That's a way homer. <laughs> um, but on but on space cowboy, there she has like these these little nuances that go in. Like there's that one line after the gold uh, gold rush. There's no reason to stay. She does not follow that up with, you've mined everything out of me, and now I'm just right. an empty, you know, riverbed, and you can take off. She, she just leaves it, and then goes on yeah. to, like, another metaphor that's equally sad and destructive. And I just, I really appreciate that in this song, and as gorgeous as it is, that it does kind of harken back to that really sharp lyric writing, lyricism that she's had in some of the prior stuff.
3: Yeah, and, and I think it's, this is the most focused the album ever gets uh in in that vein i mean I said you know she this is a more personal album but it sacrificed a lot of the humor mm-hmm. and i wasn't necessarily there for humor but i mean seriously i'm always higher than my hair is a lyric that you'll never yeah. ever forget <laughs> yeah. that is that is well, everything
5: on like biscuits is one of just oh. the best <laughs> yeah. country song ever yeah. written
4: but um yeah. so when it comes to like this album to me it's a story of like all of the great Female country singer songwriters have all come from this space of like the kind of heartbreak that like lends itself to great country songs. Mm-hmm. So, like Loretta Lynn. and you know, like I mean, especially I was thinking about Loretta like this morning, I was just like, yeah, you know, like she could probably never write an album that comes from this like kind of space of like true, deep, meaningful, like profound love. And there's something about the crossover aspect, which is what resonates with me as a crossover record, is that. A lot of people who listen to country in this generation aren't necessarily coming with this, like, well-worn understanding of the tropes of the history of this genre. So the idea of writing country love songs, like pure up and down, left and right love songs, which used to be the purview of, like, men. Every man has a space cowboy, like Waylon Jennings and Mm -hmm. Kenny Rogers has, like, 47 of them. Like Conway Twitty, everybody. I get
3: to Phoenix, Glen Campbell.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Glen Campbell, especially. Yeah. Like, these are all artists that have done this. And so she's like unique in the sense that she's a woman writing from that same kind of like creative space. And I think that that's a, there's a crossover aspect to that in the sense that if you look at the songs that cross over well out of country historically have been these like big, <laughs> giant overwrought love songs like Space Cowboy ultimately is. Yeah. And I think that, that that to me is the thing that stands out. And I think that overall with this record, what makes it win is the fact that she's like matured enough to know that she could step out of the, the box and do some different stuff. And because she's so talented, it works.
3: Yeah. it's a, First thing, it's a very interesting idea uh, that the people that are going to be dig- digging into this or digging into modern country now, and a lot of the shit that's happening, are people that just aren't versed in it. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, in we've seen pop, we've covered a lot of pop country, right. and we've seen it. And if you aren't, if you don't know where any of that comes from, then it's it's a step. I mean, when you hear Nelly on fucking Florida Georgia Line, you know that there's no, the divisions are down, and that, that's yeah. both good and bad. Right, um, but because, a
5: lot of the commercial pop country is just garbage whereas this is amazing and there are other yeah. instances of pop country that are really great the one thing about this entire album I listened to it pretty much nonstop for about 5 days and for some reason I keep getting John Denver in my head and a I don't bit. and I, but there's not a single song I can tag into it it's just that like wistful open heartfelt openness with a lot of layers in the songs and I don't know where I don't know why that kept harkening back to me it's
0: partly how her voice is used here I think I think it's and I was I was pleased to hear her mention this in the spin article that you posted right. where yeah. she talks about approaching the songs vocally differently than she has in the past her voice really is kind of center stage for every single song here um, and it's not to say the arrangements are sparse they're not but um, her voice is doing way more work melodically than mm-hmm. it had to do on the first two albums and it's really well used. And that's the part of it that kind of evokes like 70s singer-songwriter. Right. And I, I thought I, it was like so
5: Glenn Campbell. Yeah, I kept mm-hmm. going to,
0: to Carol King yeah. and Karen Carpenter were sort of the two mobs yeah, that yeah, exactly. That the whole that AM gold. up for me a lot. Yeah, very, but, very much that. Because a lot of the country. other stuff had
5: like a really heavy slide guitar, which is beautiful in some yeah. of the older arrangements. But that's really a heavy sound that you're trying to compete against. Well,
3: this, this also, uh, this for me, this is like, there's a lot of Dolly Parton in here. And not necessarily in, in... I think there's more Sheryl Crow in here than Dolly Parton. There is some... Well, there yeah. is, but how much Dolly Parton is in Sheryl Crow? I mean... Ooh. <laughs> like, Which came do, first? You know, <laughs> I mean, you, you have to go back... Parton. Huh? Nothing. Like, uh, Many Colored Code, other than this <laughs> like, uh, and that, like, <laughs> uh, as a comp to this, and uh, Dolly code of many colors, Dolly was <laughs> on record as funny as yeah. Musgraves has been up to that point, but she definitely got that funny from listening to, seeing Dolly speak, and doing all these great things. Um, we're talking about songs, or we, we can go other ways. We can stick on the love songs here, uh, which is which is your your thing, or or we can go to what I think is is a hysterical move, but it's an amazing move uh, into a completely different genre. <laughs> can I? Can I, can I yeah. Well, I, I I mean I mean I think there's one important
0: kind of backdrop here and it's, and it's going to plague her for her entire career. And it's this, this question of like, uh, where you opened Kevin, uh, with the question to Marcus of like, what does this say about country? What is her place within? Yeah. It's not clear to me. So she has, you know, merry-go-round is the only song of hers. that's gotten any significant airplay on country radio stations. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't really, um, she, she only won a Grammy for, um, same trailer, different parks. She didn't, she didn't even get, oh, I think wild. nominated for pageant material. She's not widely embraced by country. She's been opening for Little Big Town, I think.
5: She's getting ready to open um, for Harry Styles. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and she's and she and she did. And,
5: and so, I'm going to go and, to that concert, but just to see her, not yeah, to yeah. see Harry Styles.
0: And, and and CMT does this thing where they do these crossover episodes where they where they're, well they pair like a country person mm-hmm. and a non-country person, and she was paired with Katy Perry. With whom she had worked in the past. I thought you were going to say
3: she was paired with herself. Like, no, like but what? Uh, they but, just. But the
0: but the point well, is, well,
3: because
5: she and Katy Perry also look alike. Yes, yeah, so. they do, and they and
0: they and, and they were singing each other's songs. They come right? from so, the same, <laughs> They come from the same place. So, so Katy Perry was like bringing out the pop in her original material, and she was bringing out the country in Katy Perry songs. It worked worked really well, and and I think anytime you have this artist, I actually uh, made someone listen to this today, and uh, so shout out to Julia Godet, but she said. Uh, She was like, oh, this is great for me because I don't actually like country. I just like country adjacent things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Which is, which is actually probably where she lives. Like, she's the person that slate readers and vulture readers listen to when they want to listen to country, but she's not the person to your point about how shitty FM country is. Those people, those fans are not listening to Casey Musgraves.
5: No, and they won't right. because right. They, they will fundamentally be against her. Even if her music is better than what they're listening and to. So on they some won't level, care.
0: You're telling people who listen to country all the time that their tastes are wrong. Well, <laughs> no, then, I'm just, right? so,
3: well, the, 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 let's jump now to what they will listen to. And then, so then we're going to come back to you, Marcus, yeah, of but, course. Uh, but, but let's jump to what they will listen to and, because <laughs> she does a, Brilliant thing here, and just this isn't even this is a whole different genre. This is this is this is "Get Lucky" by Daft Punk. I'm in the I'm in the (laughs) mood for some dirty Vegas. Yes, yeah, here you go, high (laughs) horse. A rhinestone fucking cowgirl.
0: Shout out to the first person who put a disco ball in a uh, cowboy bar. That's just that
3: is
4: uh,
3: that's gonna be hard to two step to. But who cares? (laughs) Sorry haters. Like, and if you're coming for the country, like that's just a jam. Okay, whoever does that song, that is a fucking jam.
4: The number two market for country music in North America is New York City. Mm
3: -hmm. That's all I want to (laughs) say.
4: Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I, cause like real, I bet it's not going
5: to be the only thing you say,
4: <laughs> but it's not because I like to talk and I'm you Jim. like to point this out. Right? <laughs> but okay, so I'll, I'll be brief.
3: <laughs> Vivian, how was the quality of that burn?
5: Vivian, I was Vivian Vivian will know? be the judge. <laughs> Vivian, I will be the judge of whether or not you are brief.
4: Okay, so all right, so around like seventy-seven, seventy-eight, there's this uh, group called Exile. There's a song called "Kiss You All Over," which yeah. is like one of my favorite pop-country disco songs ever and Casey Musgraves has done stuff in and around the dance space for like every like like especially on um pageant material I can't think of the name of the song right now it will come to me when I'm when I'm off air yeah but there was a pr- progression that's in one of these songs that's straight out of the Swedish house mafia mm-hmm. playbook mm. and it bespeaks the fact that she's like cognizant of the pop atmosphere in a way that, in a yeah. way that, in a way that is not, in a way that's, like, cultured. <clears throat> well, not to say that pop culture isn't cultured, but, because there's a certain culture to it. But the thing is that she's cultured about it
3: in a way that, like, she is conversant with the Pitchfork crowd. I, I think when we talk about uh, stuff like Nashville and country artists or whatever, even rock, whatever industry, what we're talking about, like, industry music. Because, yeah. look, she is not outside the Nashville thing. She's just not. Like, she's... Square in the middle of it, um, somebody has put the money there. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, but we depersonalized to the point that, like, of course she, like, she wouldn't listen to Swedish House Mafia. She wouldn't know anything, but of course she would. She <laughs> right. hangs
5: out with Katy Perry, so she she's out, yeah, and I she mean, is high great. as
0: hell all uh, <laughs> the time. That's oh, <laughs> just it's it's time. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. she's
5: and she says that in an interview with Nashville mm-hmm. Magazine. Oh, I wrote that on LSD. <laughs> I was yeah. like. Good for you for just, you know, smacking that right in there. Yeah. Um,
3: Which, which, to that point, uh, you know, when she talks about that stuff, it's funny because obviously she's exposed to all this stuff and and sees it as being outside the Nashville thing. But really, like, look, country artists do a lot of drugs. (laughs) Yeah. Always, yeah, no. It's, it's what's been, outside
5: of the national yeah. thing is to actually talk about it and admit it and say I'm doing it this way and maybe. I'm writing on this. I maybe. think
0: the drum machine is the thing that's the most maybe yeah like there because it's because is there are there live drums on how many songs on on this album feature live drums? I don't I can't I uh,
5: didn't I I didn't think of I couldn't think of a single song that yeah, didn't have a drum have, machine. Yeah. they were all like very like
0: even the songs that sound like 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 Wonder Woman or Lonely Weekend could have a live drummer and mm-hmm. they still choose to not have
5: right. Um, I think that a lot of to my ear, a lot of like mainstream pop country is very formulaic. Like it is fitting right into this little mold of what they think just enough pop to make it uh danceable, but not enough yeah. to make it actually enjoyable or good. Whereas she just is like, I like this sound and I'm going to put this on top of something else that I'm doing. The thing that's funny about um High Horse is that She's got that you know that daft punk she's got the dirty vegas she's got her beautiful voice floating along on top of it and then at the end there's some banjo <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, and I is. feel like this whole album plays where's waldo with banjo because it's <laughs> it's never Prominently featured, you have to really listen for right. it, but it's in almost every song, and it just kind of like floats
3: in and then floats back out again. Which is funny because I don't know that that defines country music. No, right? no, 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 and, and a, I'm not saying no, that it but, does. But, I'm but just that's saying. why it's there, right? That, I'm not saying maybe. you're saying that. I'm saying that's it why add, it's there because it adds something to otherwise, it. Otherwise, so. no, it does add something. But otherwise, if there's no banjo in this, and <laughs> people are gonna be like, "This ain't country," <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. I'm pretty sure people are gonna and
5: say this ain't country anyway. Maybe, because. This,
3: maybe. But by putting the country, uh, the banjo, at least you get a little bit of like, well she's still playing banjo i guess i'm okay with
4: this so so one of those <laughs> ain't gonna dance, though. Yeah, <laughs> still safe so so before we get into the, the song mm-hmm. that i chose um there's the thing about so i the casey musgraves album has been like the the the, the ahab and moby dick for me we've been talking about this yeah I've been, and i've i've had conversations with people who have mixed the record to people who like you know, may played on the record or people who have A&R'd parts of this. I've all, all sorts of conversations. And the one thing everybody kept saying to me was the fact that like mainstream Nashville didn't want to give this a shot. Like conceptually, they're like, yeah, because when they conceptually came up with the record before they sat down to record mm-hmm. it, conceptually, it's like, this is going to be like kind of a more open, you know, to like, you know, pop interpretation. Casey Musgrave's album.
5: If if you look at this song, though, like this is Mm -hmm. just this song in particular, I I kind of feel like as much as this album goes out above and beyond where she's been, or is Casey Musgrave's adjacent, uh, if you will, (laughs) um, this song is Step Off rewritten in a way that is going to make a hell of yes. a lot more people listen of to course. it. And I have, God, I love that song so much. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard that's it, why. I was like, who can get away with saying giddy up in a song? Oh, Casey, yeah, was yeah, Casey get was that. so anybody that's been in like the, this area that has almost been run over by a middle-aged woman in a red car of late doing a lasso <laughs> <laughs> with her arm while singing, I, I'm sorry. Said, there, there goes Carrie. <laughs> that, that was me. But I feel like she has reworked a lot of the themes that she's had in the prior two. Right. And made them just that much more yeah. like nuanced and and louder and um, you know almost a little bit more enjoyable. Much as I do love passion right. material. To,
3: to your point though about the the that narrative, which is what it is. You no, know, it's totally a narrative, and I was
4: fed it, and I was like, oh, you guys are feeding me the narrative. Thank you. Yeah, and it <laughs> was, was entertaining
3: because like they they say that, but then nobody has ever come out in the from the background of Casey Musgrave. She does write these songs with. Like some of the best songwriters in Nashville, yeah, and a lot of Luke's, a lot of Luke's in her life, a lot of Luke's. <laughs> it's in her just life. like you need, she need a
0: chart, you <laughs> for, like three different Luke's. You need a chart of we'll a <laughs> list
3: like all the yeah. people who wrote on these songs yeah. who have come out and said how this is the most amazing thing ever, and they're great, and in some cases they're right. Like uh, we're gonna play a song later, the guy says he's just really happy it's out in the world. I believe him, uh, and and I'm all for. The celebration of the Nashville songwriting machine and stuff, but to say that like this is a thing Nashville didn't want, this is a thing Nashville actually built, and they're 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 pushing the boundaries of what people will accept, right? And it's uh, it's wild to watch. I'm here for it.
4: No, it's it's fascinating. So um, the song we're talking about here mm-hmm. um, next is Butterflies. Mm-hmm. Now, I chose Butterflies because there's a thing about this record that. Stands out to me is that this is a 3 minute and 30 second pop song. It's, of all the songs in the album, the one that fits the format for like mainstream drive time radio. And Mm -hmm. you don't really have a lot of those songs in country that are like organic and pretty. So like all the other songs that fit this format are like Body Like a Back Road and... You know, like that kind of thing, where it's like... <laughs> Kevin's just shaking his
5: yeah, head. This it's just... too bad there's not visual on the right, podcast like from song, time to time. Know, like, here it is,
4: by <laughs> like a back road, Sam Hunt. Push play. <laughs> and then three minutes and 30 seconds later, you're like, all right, that was song number four of 37 in an hour. And that's what it is.
3: And I want to have a word with Sam Hunt's parents. Not <laughs> <laughs> raising right?
4: Yeah, so so you have like a song like Butterflies, which... Of of the all the songs that and this is it, it speaks to your conversation with me today, mm-hmm. Kevin, to all the songs that she has ever recorded. This is the most lyrically redundant. Yeah, and it's just like there's no metaphor well, or simile in this that feels like I, jaunty or cool or like well. that was funny it's like the most like straight up and down this is Correct. what it is here yeah. you go have it, it. let's it go it,
3: yeah and, and the question is uh, does it work so we're gonna let you guys hear it and then see if you think it works but it's butterflies
1: i was just coasting never really going anywhere caught up in a web i was getting kind of used to staying there and I-
4: You out of my chrysalis because she's a butterfly. And is she
0: picking there. up on Kendrick Lamar's pimp a butterfly yes. motif? <laughs> May, maybe a little. In, nobody I mean, has ever
5: talked about butterflies in a song ever before, ever, ever. Hush. In,
0: in, in addition to the Golden Shower reference, which is, of course, a political commentary about the president, right? <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> so, that's <laughs> why, that's why Nashville will not listen. If you, if
4: you think you've heard this song before, there's a chord progression in here that's stolen directly from Redbone by Charles Gambier. Uh, borrowed borrowed oh well i mean borrowed okay whatever but uh but so it's and and as viv said i'll turn to you because you said this so eloquently oh all i said was every white girl loves
2: childish gambino
0: Right, that's kind of true. <laughs> let's I mean, let's finish up the fact, fact check. Is, is 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 Casey Musgraves a white woman? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she is. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
5: So 100 so percent so, of the white women or white women who we're looking at on a screen all love childish Gambino. Yes. Ergo, by the transitive <laughs> yes. property, all white women yep. love childish Gambino.
4: <laughs> so this so this is one of those things where like pop country is fun for me right now because there's all of this like just open use of tropes of popular r&b and rap that just exist and nobody says anything which is kind of like my favorite part of it is like it would be one thing if like somebody jumped up and said you're appropriating my sound but nobody (laughs) says a word and it's like great in that sense because like it continues this like five six seven eight long you know decade long relationship between black music and country that creates a lot of times like the best country but that's just my my thinking. I,
0: I, I think there is though. You know, one thing that that pop does really well is um, when you listen to these kind of big mass produced records. Um, there's there's tempo and there's sort of like um, there's just variety within the album. And I think I think the one thing I'll say about this record that uh, I struggle with a little bit is that there's a lot of song like she's really in love with that like third gear, right? She doesn't yeah. want to drive the song too fast she's not gonna there's not too many ballads like there's a lot of time spent in that like comfortable third gear and and it feels a little samey after a while um as as an album but as a as like as individual songs i probably like uh i think the only i said something to kevin about the song happy sad um and he said you know that's a that's a that's an egregious song. I said it's a trash
3: song. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said it's uh, the worst song on you? the, al- <laughs> or like
0: the worst song of the no, year. And I, I said, said it's a trash song. It's and I said that's song. a hell of a thing to say about an album that has Velvet Elvis on it. But that's a different. Yo, Velvet
5: Elvis. <laughs> I I second that. Yeah. Because I think Velvet yeah. Elvis. Yeah,
0: but song. we kid because we love because we act because the exactly. other songs on this album are like it's a very strong album. Um, and uh, or, or I, I should say it's a really strong collection of songs as an album. I I don't know how often I'm gonna I'm gonna. Reach for this album in particular, but mm-hmm. probably i mean I, I have like eight different playlists that will get that will each get a different
3: song from this record right right I, but yeah you know, I think that's actually the issue that i that I'm having with this album and it is an issue uh you know, and I say this as a fan like i, I think the work on here when it hits is um it actually is some of her best work space cowboy just is it, yeah. it, it melds yeah. everything and it and it takes this to another level and you got to remember. This is not, like, the end of her career.
5: She's 29. Yeah,
3: there's going to be, like, 10 more albums, so, like, this is going to look very The next
5: time is going to be a Metallica retrospective. It
3: might be, but it's going to be, and that's why I was listening to Dolly Parton. If you follow the course of her career, she just goes all over the place. Uh, I mean, 9 to 5, come on. Yeah. Like, and...
4: Speaking of drum machines.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, but, but, you know... uh, with just what we have before it now it like it, it to me it is like half of a good album and half of trying and so it, it comes down to like like you said like what are you going to keep listening to and so like I'm biased Pageant material is one of my favorite albums of all time. Period. It's a fine record. And, and, and I don't want to It's seventy two. It's a, like, a gentleman C. There's and, no and shame in home. At
5: home. I'm
3: damning it with faint praise. Nine one one I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> uh I I think um you know, and I want to avoid that like cliche of 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 people you hear a thing you love and then uh you expect the next thing to be the same. I actually don't expect that from her. Uh because there's there's such a rapid development in, in where she in three albums. She's done three completely different things. And and that is wild. Um but uh, And a Christmas album for Jews apparently. And a Christmas album for Jews <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But if we have to look at it as just this one thing, it's like wow, there's a lot that doesn't work on there. I mean, uh, Velvet Elvis is 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 an example. Wonder Woman is another example. Happy Sad, that's three songs in a row that just yeah. aren't I, cutting I, it. I, 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 I you you shook your you shook your head, Carrie, At I, I was going to play Mother. But I think it ties into Lonely Weekend. I just
5: shook my head because I didn't think that it, out of all of the things that you could play on a limited time podcast, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. why you were picking that. Because I think that's a really beautiful little we, expose, but it's like... <laughs> a little poem thrown into the middle of like a, the whole rest of the album so, we, we, can, go for th- we yeah. can
3: go for three hours <laughs> <laughs>
5: does anybody want to listen for, for three hours
3: there's, no, there's no not even I there's no tape carry
5: um, it's there, all, but it's there all there hard are, drives there are a number of songs on here that I think don't work and I, there were a number of songs on pageant material that I wasn't crazy about I don't think any album that I've listened to in a long time has had And like you important
3: number two <laughs> but some of the
5: songs the first couple of times you listen to them you just kind of blow through them and then when you listen to that third and fourth time like slow burn for example is one but just kind of lays there it's like in between second and third gear it's nice enough and then you listen to it a couple more times and you realize it's got so much nuance in it and so many Mm -hmm. like hearkenings to other things like i love the delgados and that is like the closest i've heard to anybody like Paying homage to the Delgados. It's also
0: got that sense of humor that is absent, yes. right? Yeah. The joke about being late and being yeah. early, right? Yeah. Is like yeah, the, yeah. And that, that, that's like the one like wisecrack she has, on right? The record,
5: and it's I think. and it's it's just this really well laid out. It's got the deep chords and it just kind of her voice. It's an excellent showcase for for yeah. her voice. And it's when you're just listening to the album all the way through once that one kind of gets lost. It's not that's bad. A, it's a, not great. Yeah. It's right in the middle, but it's a grower. I think
3: to like back to like Mother and Lonely Weekend. I think Lonely Weekend. I mean, it's about like missing her sister, and like if there's a theme of this album, it is about family. And I mean, well, that's what the narrative is. That's one of the narratives that she's, she's putting forth there. And when it really gets into that, it really works. Yeah, I think it's it's when she writes songs. Like, I don't love Butterfly. Like, when she writes songs about her husband. And we're saying that because this is not ambiguous. No. She's out in the press saying, this is about my husband, Rustin Kelly. For
5: Butterfly, she said that after they went on their first day. I think she said she wrote it in, like, 15 minutes. Right. And to me, it shows. I'm not crazy about that song. I think it's true. So
3: we know what it's about, but we, you know, then it's up to us. Basically, that's very sweet, uh, and that works for you. But uh, you know, I, I don't know that conveys to everybody. And well, everybody's been in love. Everybody, you know, yeah. and it's like, but but that is is like, <laughs>
5: I'm like everyone's been stuck in a spider web. Everybody's been tied up, and then had somebody clip their strings so they could fly.
4: <laughs> I'm in an emotional chrysalis right now.
3: <laughs> but um, I think where uh, she does actually hit this. Is uh, a song that I know you, Eduardo, really liked. So we're gonna play a little bit of Rainbow here, here, uh, because this ends the album. And uh, yeah, oh. it's a motherfucker. I like the
4: Eagles. <laughs> oh, God.
1: When it rains, it pours, but you didn't even notice. It ain't raining anymore. It's hard to breathe when all you know is the struggle. the sky is finally open, the rain and wind stop blowing, but you're stuck out in the same old storm again, you hold tight to your umbrella, but darling I'm just trying to tell you that there's see
3: Out, but you can never leave <laughs> <laughs> On a dark desert highway is, No, uh, that is uh, Paul Powell's favorite song <laughs> Desperado Coming to you late night Over the desert airwaves So it's very strange to me
0: That, that Paul It's that another Paul, tequila sunrise over here yeah. Down so, the am it's not okay. All right, I'm not being. I'm not being uh, uh, difficult here when I say that it's weird to like the Eagles, but not like the song Desperado, right? Yeah, <laughs> like that's just that's like you know I'm into I'm, in, I'm into the Beatles, but oh, that Abbey Road shit. God. I
4: like Italian no. food. I, I like Italian
5: much. food, but spaghetti can suck. It. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, just just not the carby stuff from Italian restaurants, like, but not necessarily not, the pasta.
0: So yeah, that's that song hits Bottle you right red. in the desperado, right? I mean <laughs> Yeah, it's, hits you it's right clearly, in the Desperado. It's clearly uh evoking that that Laurel Canyon, that uh, you know, a denim skirt and uh tapestries hanging on the wall. It is.
3: And it zooms out though to a level uh that she's always you know, when she goes personal in this, this actually zooms back out. Yeah. And some omniscient like narrator talking like, Hey, you're gonna be okay, even though this is again to her New husband, yeah, uh, clearly, or maybe it's to herself. Or well, maybe it's it's, it's a different it's a different
0: way to say you know I th- I think part of part of my uh, my issues with pageant material um, have to do with the fact that I think that I think that there's a duality in in her songwriting and one is "Merry Go Round," which is arguably the greatest country song of the past two decades, and then there's "Follow Your Arrow." Mm -hmm. which is the greatest country pop song Mm -hmm. of the past couple of decades. And she's never sure whether she should go with the stark, difficult subject material or the you be you, you go and smoke that weed and be your tea and stir your biscuits and like all that. (laughs) I mean, those
5: (laughs) just don't pee in your neighbor's
2: yard.
0: Right. I mean, I mean, she actually has like three or four songs on pageant material that basically are the same message as follow your arrow, which is where I sort of get a little bit tired of the like, you know, you already did this with Follow Your Arrow, and I don't need to
5: hear that.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, and I, it, I agree with that. As, as you are well aware, yeah. what are, people think a lot of things, and not all of them are right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wrong. No. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I,
5: I agree it. that the that it is a definitely a theme that continues yeah. from same trailer up through pageant material. I just like the progression of snark and mm-hmm. musical composition that comes with pageant material because I feel like it makes it much more interesting. It's like a better version of... And I know those were fighting words because I know that you like the first one better. But
0: This is like arguing about the Captain America movies.
4: <laughs> this is the song that... One,
0: one and two are really good.
4: So, so this is the song, oh, really.
5: gonna, is the song <laughs> by the way,
4: that's going to play when I break out of my emotional chrysalis.
3: <laughs> and emerge into the world.
5: Can we get some warning on is, that, please? I mean, if you'll like, put out like, a Twitter alert or something so this, we know... this I part will. of your
3: internet development? Yeah, like you, you, you have assimilated to the internet. Internet, now you're an emotional chrysalis. Exactly in, will, in Warcraft. I will,
0: I will hereby offer to learn this song on the banjo, and then we'll have Kevin and Carrie sing it when you walk down the aisle, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be, you'll walk down with the himself, aisle to Rainbow. Him. And if you really like, like, the,
5: like and if you like, Christmas? if you like What's this album, um, we will also play some Alan Parsons for you. Oh, Because oh, there's so much Alan Parsons yeah. in this, also. Yeah. You think? Oh God, yeah. That's Especially so, in you know. What right. a world.
3: Okay, yeah. Because it's I, a project. one thing and I it is a project. Spoil what we're gonna do <laughs> later on. Like I, I have been obsessed with the album "I in the Sky" lately, mm-hmm. and so I'm. Yeah, okay. Listen, listen
5: to Do-do-do-do-do. "Oh what a World" and then listen to "Time." Okay, and they and you have that soaring, like yeah, la- that's where your lasers come in. Yeah, that's where the lasers come that's in. That's where you get um, your lasers.
3: So yeah, I mean that that's the album. That's uh, it it's. This is one of those ones where we like you said, we love the artist. We love her work, so it's it's really splitting hairs. Yeah. Uh yeah. I Cookie as hell. I will never listen to like I won't listen to Velvet Elvis or Happy Sad again you you like Happy Sad right? I actually
5: like Happy Sad but no. I think that's because I'm from a Happy and Sad because that's I just listened to it no. from a different vein it's very okay hooky he like- it's like <laughs> you just remember what song that no song. was oh,
4: Velvet Elvis is awesome I don't care. okay
5: so <laughs> were you asleep for the first part of the podcast where <laughs> no, we I'm, said I'm, we not, I'm that aggressively podcast? angry now I, I, was, I was not asleep. we trashed oh, it enough that you just now you're coming out of your chrysalis no, to I'm, get angry <laughs> <laughs> is that what it takes <laughs>
4: that's what it takes but no okay so like you know elvis was white right yeah i'm i know he was all right yes black dude he Mm was white i'll tell you (laughs) right now but uh but no so i feel like there's there's (laughs) there's moments on this record where when it gets like so predictably country that you're like yes it's still here it still exists so when i heard velvet elvis Mm -hmm. i was like overcome because i'm like Wait, I'm listening to, like, a folk pop record, ultimately. I, I,
3: it's it's ultimately a mix, I think, of of 80s and 70s country that people don't remember. Right. When women came in the country and they were doing stuff, it was yes. all this, like, weird, kitschy shit. And then you had Loretta Lynn was like, nah. Nah. <laughs> <not me. laughs> nah Loretta gonna... Lynn's <laughs> like,
5: I had four and, kids and, before yeah. I was 18. Yeah. I am not and, putting with your shit. But eventually, <laughs>
3: eventually, like, she was not working, and so you got more, more of that stuff <laughs> in there. And uh, and it's because look, it's an industry and it's pop uh, with twang and it sells and then that's look, people I people to, like this. Her- I, we've said a lot this year about it, stop picking on the music and and focus on who's buying it and listening to it like people like the kitsch. I, I, There's a fascinating
0: thing about so I played uh, I I played this album for uh, uh, a 26 year old uh, uh, shout out to Margaret another coworker yeah. of mine. Where I was like, I just, need, I just need someone's take who's like in a different demographic. And we were talking about it afterwards and we were sort of doing the songs. And I was like, well, well you know, what did you think of Velvet Elvis? And she was like, yeah, what is that? What is a Velvet Elvis? Oh, my right. God. Because, because I was like, I was like, oh, I think it's just a celebration of Kitsch. And she was like, but... But is that a thing? Is it an object? Like do you carry it places? And I was like, head just exploded. And, and I was and I was like, to the to the Googles. Looks
5: like. Yeah, I I made my 17 year old listen to this because she loves Casey Musgraves, but I said, Hey, you want to listen to this new one? And the one that she actually sat down in the kitchen and listened to like two or three times was a happy and sad because that is like a teenager, and there's a lot of stuff sure. in this in, in this album where it's she also like, like a
0: 40 year old dude over here. It's also like a 40 year old dude. Right?
5: Where she does like a crossover, and sometimes she crosses over into Debbie Gibson. And I feel like yeah. Velvet Elvis is what Debbie Gibson, when she was trying to do country, you know, yes. could have gotten away with. Yes,
4: it's hey. a fa- that's a fair yeah. uh, comment. I'll go back in my chrysalis now. <laughs> <laughs> your bow chrysalis.
5: I'm envisioning like a Spinal Tap where you're like. <laughs> Um, that's a movie, honey.
3: <laughs> not the procedure for
0: uh, for seeing if you've taken acid. Yeah. Right. yeah.
3: So so yeah, uh, we're here for Casey Musker as well. Yeah. yeah. I, this is uh, I. If the next like ten years, she's just like I'm not making. Don't make a hip hop album, Casey. If you're listening, do not make a hip hop album. But if you want to do anything, but like Marcus, like what? What if she does like an album of duets, so, a, cover of of of, of
5: a cover of standards with Harry Styles? Will you listen to that? Yes.
4: that's her, I can see her and Jermaine Cole doing something. Except Jermaine Cole doesn't do features, but that's right.
3: She can sing the hook and someone else can do the spoken word. It's going to be her, her and chance.
4: Yes.
5: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now just <maybe Dennis> exploded. <laughs>
3: She's gonna be singing with and Childish Gambino with that, next. Made Vivian cry a little
4: acid country.
3: Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be back in a few short minutes. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out and uh, hang tight.
1: I'm alright with a slow burn. Taking my time.
3: Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves is available everywhere you can buy records. I am traveling out to find a vinyl copy today, uh, despite the the tough love. I mean, we uh, or I at least support uh, everything she does, and and I like I liken her to somebody like Jason Isbell, where it, you know you don't have to always like everything an artist does. You but if you respect that artist, then you you sort of stick with them. Um, you can go back and look but like I didn't like Isabel's last album but the two before and uh, a lot of his work before that is 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 patently great and uh and so that's how maybe that's how you should consume your art how you should support your art uh everything doesn't have to be the best of all time um but you got to you got to believe in some and uh, put your money where your mouth is is what I'm saying uh speaking of artists we're going to talk about right now Nicole Sappho. she is a bass player, composer, uh, jazz uh, superstar from here in D.C. Uh, plays a little, with a lot of the friends in the folk and indie crowd, too. And uh, she has a new EP out. It is uh, The new EP is called Buzz and Bloom. It is, in general, um, my understanding about that sort of commingling and interdependence of anxiety with creativity and how, how that can... Uh, you know it's necessary to get the best art you got to have a little tension in your life i don't think you got to be miserable but you do have to have a little tension or else uh or else it's just sort of boring um but it's a collection of about like eight songs i think uh, seven songs excuse me seven songs and uh they all just highlight her her immense talent and uh as a bonus it's put out by Sarah Curtin's label local woman records uh it's right here started up Last year, I believe we're going to have links in the show notes, but you should definitely check her out. What she's doing is is kind of remarkable. She's um, she's highlighting artists that uh, don't necessarily get a get a look, and there's always seems to be so far sort of a, a social or or, uh, or th- there's a message associated with the artist she is is representing. They believe in something other than just getting famous off their music. This one is uh, is talking about, like I said, anxiety. There's one talking about uh, medical health. Uh, and insurance and stuff. So it's a it's a, it's a great thing she's doing over there. Uh, but right now, uh, here one of these great things that she helped bring into the world. Uh, here, go, this is a Desert Island Song off Nicole Saffo's uh, uh, new album *Buzz and Bloom*.
2: I was up on my private desert island. I was living high Upon my desert island Until something spoiled the air A strange nightmare of two souls Came to my ground Fumbled their way through an endless maze With the sun beating down Those beauties of mine They turned on a dime And just in their way A rapid decay They fell to the ground As they gazed up at my sky A shooting star went by Burning and of light, I saw it move in their eyes I Christ star eyes, I know how this goes And at the top at least, so won't you try? Burn slow for me, soon everything will be just fine
3: that song is just about the grooviest thing i've heard all week and uh hopefully you too uh the whole album is, is sort of jams like that she's uh she's amazing is what i'm saying uh this is this is a nice um nice little morsel to chew on of stuff you know we hear a lot of the music that comes out of dc uh we think of it one way or another way and jazz is something that is uh it's not always in the forefront but it should be because we have a long history here with jazz. We've been trying to cover it on our Sounds of Washington D.C. episodes, but uh, but this is this seemed like a nice fit. Uh, there's some humor in here, like Musgraves. Uh, there's some uh, it, there's clearly uh, expertise. Uh, Nicole is at the top of her game, and uh, and it's just good, right? You heard it. It's just good. Um, so look in the show notes for links to all that, and uh, go out and get that seven bucks on Bandcamp. I got it this morning and and uh, go see her live. I can't wait to see this live, actually. It's been a while since I've seen any kind of jazz, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And with that, that is uh, our episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast right here. If you liked what you heard, you can uh, you can tell your friends, but also subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts. That's up in iTunes right now. You can leave us a radio or message there. And, uh, you know, you can also email us at podcast at chunkyglasses.com. We like feedback. We like it a lot. We try to mix it up as far as what we do here because this is sort of a creative effort. Uh, we get to stretch some muscles sometimes that we don't often stretch, but, but really it's, it's about like what you guys are happy with and, and what you enjoy hearing. So if you if you even have an idea for an episode, like, hey, you, I haven't heard you guys cover this, but I'd really like you to talk about it. Hit us up and we'll look into it. That's how it works. Uh, it's all just one big conversation. Um, you can also listen to us on Google Play MixCloud Stitcher And uh, Spotify. And we are always, always on www.chunkyglasses.com, where you can go see the amazing work of Matt Conda, Mauricio Castro, and Avery Junius. They are out there doing the live shit. You can also find the entire archive at pipa.io, our our podcast provider, uh, for a few short bucks. A few short bucks. For a few bucks, uh, you can get set up there and you too can have a podcast. They're super responsive. They're a startup. We've been with them about like a year and a half now. Uh, amazing metrics, amazing customer service. I mean, they're just—they're the best, is what I'm saying. They are—they are the best, and we are so happy uh, to be uh, to be sort of partnered with them. They're, they're great. Uh, also, uh, last but not least, Jamal Gray is the music you hear beneath my voice right now. Is uh, his project Aquatic Gardener, and this is a thing he put out a couple years ago. He's put out a couple releases on this, but this one. Uh, was a bunch of found sounds mixed with beats, and uh, it's it's an amazing little EP. Link is always in the show notes, but he is he is one of the guys who is sort of shepherding a new age of creativity here in Washington D.C. and uh, and uh, yeah, he's a badass. And hopefully, we'll be talking to him soon. He'll be back down here. We're also busy. It's a busy, busy time. Uh, and that's it. We are out of here. Uh, stick around and come back Thursday. I sat down with Ryan Walsh. He wrote a book. Uh, He's, he's in the band Hallelujah the Hills, but he wrote a book called Astro Week's Secret History of 1968. That is one of the best books I have ever uh, read. It is about rock or fiction or anything. Uh, you might have noticed it getting a bunch of looks in like the New York Times, Rolling Stone, and stuff like that. But uh, but uh, he, he stopped by the basement when he was here in D.C. for a reading, and we had a we had a great great chat. So look forward to that on Thursday. Uh, and then, uh, and then we'll be out and about the shows. Just so come say hi. That's it. We're out of here. Uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. you <laughs>